0: Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, and this is our brand performance podcast. And today, our performance conversation is with Jeffrey Hazlett, and he's a global business celebrity. He's a best-selling author, chairman of the C-Suite Network, and home of the world's most trusted network of C-Suite leaders. He's also a very well-traveled public speaker, former Fortune 100 CMO, and the author of three best-selling business books, The Hero Factor, Think Big, Act Bigger, and The Rewards of Being Relentless, Running the Gauntlet, and The Mere Test. Right. welcome to this week's episode.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure being here.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So you are obviously in the C-Suite Network. Give us some insight as to why did you get into this space and who do you enjoy serving, Jeffrey?
1: Well, I, I mean, I love serving the people that are paying the money. That's the biggest one. That's that's probably the right off the bat. You know, I got started with the C-Suite because one of as a former C-Suite executive, I was very involved with other C-Suite executives. And I, when I left my job as a Fortune 100 uh, CMO at, at Eastman Kodak, I went in and started speaking again and doing that. And then I, I created my own show and did it on Bloomberg. So I had a, a show called The C-Suite with Jeffrey Aslett, where I took people behind the scenes and you know, to look at decisions that they made in the C-Suite and what drove those decisions and why and how and, and so forth. As a result of that, that led me to say, hey, geez, there would be a lot of interest in C-suites getting together and how we help train C-suites and how we provide them to be the most strategic people in the room. And we started the C-suite network, which now has over 70 TV shows, over 200 and 50 podcast shows that are part of our c-suite radio brand and um and then we've got you know c-suite academy we get new meetings we've got conferences we've got salons we've got you know all things related to the c-suite so we've uh that's that's really how we kind of got it started
0: Excellent. Okay, so this is where the question is right now. And you know this and and what's coming. So, you know, obviously things have changed in the the pandemic. How are you serving people today with the change that we're experiencing in business? And uh, what advice do you have?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is always about adapt, change, or die. And I don't want to say die in the word COVID, but, you know, but that's indeed what's happening with a lot of businesses. You've got to be able to adapt and change. And so that's what you do. Some people will call it a pivot. I don't call it a pivot. You're still doing your core activity. And, you know, a lot of people talk about the new norm. Well, I don't know anything to ever be normal when it comes to business. So other than it's always changing and always has to improve. So, you know, I think the biggest piece of it is how can we make everything more digital? So with social distancing and everything, you have to be able to provide your services or product in a way that travel well. Um, that was given to me by uh, the, the owner of the meatball shops in New York City. He said, we make food that travels well. And that's in essence what we have to do with our business. We have to make products that travel well. And that means we've gotta be able to be dispersed in the way in which we deliver it. So what we've done is we've moved everything digital. So what we did as a live event, we now do live online. And we've made them as interactive and as uh, as exciting as possible. And quite frankly, it's really working. And more than really working, it's really, really working because we got you know five x times people who are now joining us than we've ever had before. You know, we're, instead of or ten x, it is and even higher. Well, you know, where I had a hundred people showing up, now I got a thousand showing up every time. So. It's been quite exciting to have people come and you know participate in our C-Suite Network programs that we've done, the kinds of speakers that we've got. I've got the CMO of Pepsi coming up. I had the CMO of BlackRock. I've had the CEO of Crunch Fitness. I've had former Secretaries of states of Commerce, Secretary of Commerce on. You know, it's amazing the kind of leadership that we get on these programs, and now we're just doing it digitally. It's easier for, it's a lot easier for people. You know, you don't have the hassles, the travels, and everything else that you normally have You know, now it's a lot easier and I'm doing like literally two or three interviews a day and probably three or four programs a day that normally I would have done one a week or one, you know, every other week.
0: Right. Yeah. So accessibility is really what you're saying. It's really just oh, yeah. made things so much more accessible. And I have to agree with you. I'm I'm really focused on time and, and performance. And this is really allowed, like you said, our business has really increased too because people have a little bit more time. And so now let's like let's get into that focus space. So you write the book, The Hero Factor. Who's that for and what's that book about?
1: Well, yeah, it, it all started back when a, a gentleman by the name of Rob Ryan approached me about taking over what's called the Hero Club. Um, I'd been avoiding him for quite a while. You know, I thought, well, he's trying to reach me out. He's a billionaire. He sold his business back in 1998 for $20.4 billion. And when he sold the business, um, he set aside a certain percentage of the company for all the employees, making the single largest number of millionaires ever created in one day. And, you know, his employees would run up to him and say, Mr. Ryan, you don't know me, but, you know, I'm the janitor. And um, I can pay for my kids' college, you're my hero. Or I'm the night watchman and my, my mother-in-law has cancer, she doesn't have health insurance, I can pay for the operations she's going to live, you're my hero. And 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 said that to both Terry, his wife, who is the chief legal officer, and himself. And and they didn't feel like heroes, but what they said is we can teach other people how we do it. And so they led what was, would consider most people would consider a mastermind group. Uh, Build up to about 27 people, but they couldn't get scale. And they found what we were doing with the C-suite network and basically sold it to us for a dollar. Well, we took that concept and I looked at, okay, what makes great hero businesses, what separates those leaders from other leaders in businesses. And it all came down, they were value-based. And we found that there's a lot of value-based businesses out there. They don't always get the recognition, but we know who they are because we see them in our communities and we say, whoa, they're the folks that pay for the symphony. They're the folks that pay for the little legs. They're the they're the ones that are doing the things for the right reasons. And, you know, um, you know, everybody goes and sees them and they go, oh, there goes that business and they know who it is, right? And we found that, that those hero businesses that have values, that put people above profit, well, they gross more money than all the other businesses in their category. They earn more money. They have happier employees. They have customers who are more engaged. And they have vendors who want to do business with them. Well, what's wrong with that? And, and so that's, that's the real reason for it. So we've got a group of a few hundred executives that are part of that mastermind, that peer-to-peer council, where we focus in on, especially right today, of doing the right thing. These are the businesses that are just going extraordinary to keep the doors open, paying their employees, keeping them employed, you know, at their own peril many times. But those are very special businesses.
0: So you also have the book, Think Big and Act Bigger. So obviously, it's very action oriented. What kind of actions are you um, really recommending people take today as you speak of these high level businesses and how they're thriving? What are some of those actions that you've witnessed over your success?
1: Oh, it's a, it's a dare to dream. It's to say, you know, I'm, I'm from South Dakota and for a long time I've operated inside the borders of South Dakota thing. And, well, I'm a big dude, I'm a big dog. I'm a big thing. You know, this is like, oh, I'm the biggest printer in the Dakotas. Well, and then I finally realized, well, this is something I can go and do in Iowa. I could do, in, I could do in Chicago. I could do in New York. I could do in Tokyo. And so it was a realization that you don't have to be limited by borders or by, you know, by rules or by your own, you know, perceptions of what you can do. So get out of your own paper bag, you know, and move to something and and something bigger. And that's really what that was about. You know, I'm from a state where most people consider it a flyover state. You know, more people in the stands in Indianapolis 500 the day of the race. In South Dakota, we've been practicing social distancing since 1889. You know, so, you know, I, but I had the realization that I was good at what I did and I could go do that in other places. And that led me to, if I could do it, anybody could do it, you know, because what we do in Main Street and Sioux Falls is the same thing we do in Wall Street. The only difference is zeros. And so it's a, it's a realization that you won't be limited by either your own, your own mind or your own perceptions of what you should do or those of others, you know, and how to overcome the champions of no uh, because every business has them, you know, Oh, we can't do that. Cause we tried it before it didn't work. Oh, we tried that, you know, uh, or we don't have it in the budget, you know, things like that that you hear all the time. And you just have to, you have to stand for saying, so no, we're going to do this. And you have to be a little irrational. You have to overcome fear. You have to create tension. You have to do certain, you know, become very transparent in the way that you operate and, and then deliver on your promises. And that's really what that, that whole book and that whole philosophy is about.
0: Excellent. Okay, so you, you sound like you're speaking of resilience there. Is resilience something that we can learn, or is it something that it just is an innate trait of ours?
1: No, I, well, it's a little bit of both, but you have to make the decision first that you're going to be that way, because, you know, that's one of the traits of a hero leader is they never give up. They just continually, because of the value set that they have, and that that's true for a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, a lot of entrepreneurial, that entrepreneurial spirit is that way it's in that spirit for most businesses that are running, you know, really, truly free enterprise in terms of their, their whole process and philosophy. So, uh, but yeah, resiliency is something that the mode for survival to be always survive, but you have to move it beyond survival to, to drive and thrive is what you really have to do. And uh, that's just something that you have to, you have to, I don't know, it's a pill that you have to take, I guess. It's like <laughs> okay. it's something you have to be able to swallow. It's a, piece of, it's a medicine. And once you've got it, you, you can't, you, you just, you never stop. And, and, and it's not easy, trust me. I mean, if it was easy, everybody would do it. So it's only for those that, that really want to embark on it at that level to make it happen.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so people are listening to your success, all of the different things that you have been able to accomplish. What are three things, Jeffrey, that you do every single day that allow you to be a high performer in your space?
1: Mm, right now I'm kind of like focusing on eliminate, delegate and automate. So I'm trying to gain greater scale. so I focus in on what the, what are the things that I can eliminate off my list or, Things that I don't want to do anymore, and that leads me to delegate. And then, how can I help my team automate as much as possible so that we can do it faster, easier, better? So I'm constantly looking, you know, inside of Salesforce or whatever it might be. How can we change things? I I make a list every day. That's my biggest thing. You know, here it is, right here. You know, here's my list, and I'm showing it to you right now. That's my list. Here's my list from yesterday. You know, uh, you know, scratched out. And I and I may I'm a constant list maker. You know, and now I'm. And I'm finding automated tools that I can use like monday.com and others that, that are really helping me a great deal. But I make a list every day of the key things I got to get accomplished. So I make sure I focus what are the, you know, what are my biggest promises that I have to deliver this month, this week, this day? And so I focus on that's my own management action report. And then what are the things that are getting in the way of me doing that? And what are the things I didn't accomplish yesterday or last week that I need to accomplish this week to do it? And so I look at every single, and the other thing I do is I look at my calendar at the very beginning of the morning and I decide what things I might move. So do they relate to the things that I need to get done? And if they don't, then why am I doing them? And sometimes I don't know about those items until I look at them because I don't know I might a good team that manages a lot of that stuff. But I, you know, when I look at it, like this morning, I looked at one and said, no, we're not doing that. And they said, well, we we'll be promised. I, well, I'll promised, and go to them, and that's what we're going to have to do because it's not going to get us where we want to go. I appreciate that, but we just don't have the time. So, that, so that, those are the key things that I do every day.
0: I love it. Okay, so you're speaking at a level of clarity, and we all know that there's huge value in that, but how do you understand with clarity where you want to go every day? So, how know. are you measuring <laughs> that? Okay, exactly. That's you don't why know. I'm asking. You don't, you
1: don't know. I mean, that's why you, you have some general assumptions. I mean, I was talking to the former chief Xbox officer of Microsoft. Now, he was the person that rolled out Microsoft Office, and then, of course, he created the, the Xbox. And yeah, I interviewed him on my podcast yesterday, and he is a big company, Microsoft, big company. He's got, got a lot of people working for him, He's High high-level officer. And do you know how much money he lost when he launched Xbox? Just I don't, take a guess. I, I, yeah. I don't Somebody guessed 100 million, then someone guessed 500 million. <laughs> he was projecting to lose $1.5 billion lose to get Xbox off the ground. That was the investment they were going to make and lose. You know how much he ended up losing? $5 billion. With all the smart people sitting around him, all the projections of everything that they could have done, you think that they would have been off by, you know, by a factor of that big, almost five times as much, four times as much, 3.5 times there. That's nuts. That's freaking nuts that they would have been off by that. So, when I see that, I don't get too worried about the priorities or, or, or things I've got to do. I, I know where I want to go. I've got some general goals. Do I know that I'm going to be able to get it there or do it? No, I've got to work and work and work and you keep doing it. You, you know, everybody right now is in this whole thing about fail and you know, fail you know, fail fast, bullshit, win fast, you know, that's what I want to do. And so I'm going to fail and I got, I, and it's, 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 it's enlightening when I hear other people talk about, I lost $5 billion with a B billion dollar. And here I am trying to do my little thing, uh, today, although I bought and sold over 250 businesses in my career, over 25 billion in transactions, you know, managed budgets of 17 billion, 82 billion, but the, you know, but yeah, you don't have all the answers. You don't know what to do. You, but you, you have a general direction of where you want it. And if your values drive you, and that's the key, is your values, that is the things that you want to operate at and the way you want to operate, the kind of business that you want to be, well, you'll get there.
0: So how do you get clarity on um, those values? Because I think he, people can speak value, but, but what are those key values that you have witnessed with the business well, people that you've connected with?
1: Well, honesty, integrity, the way they treat people, diversity and inclusion is is critical. I mean, we hear about it now, <laughs> although I can remember talking about Black Lives Matter three, almost two, almost three years ago. And uh, I had a black executive recently said, Jeff Hazlett came out for Black Lives Matter before I did. I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, but, you know, the, the values that you drive are the things that like I won't tolerate. I don't want to operate. I, I want to have a clear You know, clear understanding of my own personal conditions of satisfaction, and so once you start to to really delve into that and look inwards, and I talk about this in my very first book, the the mirror test, looking in the mirror and asking yourself really, you know, hard questions like, what do I want to be when I grow up? What do I want to do? How do I want to operate? How do I want my children to see me? You know, um, I wrote down, I did an interview last night for a, a group out of Australia, and and one of the questions was, who gives a you know what? And, um, and I said, I said that way because that's really the only people that care about you, you know? And if you ask that question, like who really cares about you? Well, then that's who should drive the kind of things around you. So, you know, so that's how I get to them is by asking about my personal condition, of satisfaction, understanding what they are. You know, for me, it's about build, building wealth, um, the you know not that i have to be the richest person in the world but have enough money to be able to pay the bills and do the things i want to do and put my family in a comfortable position and, and hopefully my grandchildren and my children to have a, a better life than i had because i think that's our responsibility for to and then to you know to prove the, the world and the earth and everything else and then the, the second piece of it is then you know to do things that i find interesting that i, I learn from that that's a real key critical thing for me or otherwise why do it? And the last, you got to have fun. I mean, I got, I, I, I go to bed at night hoping I'll hurry up and sleep so I can get up in the morning and get going. That's, that's where I want to be. That's where I
0: want to be. Oh, my God. I love listening to that too because our listeners that are listening to you speak that, and these are just your personal truths, right? This isn't anything that is, uh, you know, pie in the sky. This is just how you are choosing to live your life, but the level of conviction in what you're doing it, and then your just the clarity that you have that you're going to stay in that lane and that's where you're going to serve. And that's why it's had the biggest impact. So, for um, we're coming into the close now. Let's, what is like one final. Piece of advice that you have that um, you would like to pass on as somebody is listening to this episode, listening to to the way that you've taken us through the different knowledge that you have. What's what's your words of advice for us today?
1: An an idea without implementation is air. And I see more and more entrepreneurs who never act to talk about it. And I see business people all the time talk about it. What are you talking about? Make a decision. Are you in charge or not? You know what's the worst that what's the worst that's going to happen? is anyone going to die? Okay. Right. And in business for the most right. part, no one's going to die. So let's go, <laughs> right. you, know? Right. you know, but we, you know, you don't need to treat it like a life or death. You might make a mistake, but is anyone going to die? No, you might. Okay. It might've cost you a thousand bucks. Well, don't spend that thousand bucks again.
0: Right, you know? and I've yeah, and I've never met somebody who's never made a mistake. Right, so we all do it. Yeah. so it's just like yeah, well, you know, just oh, There's jump a few in. that
1: tell you that. There's a few <laughs> that tell you that, but you you, know, you, you, don't want to do business with those people, <laughs> and you don't want to, and you don't want them dating your daughter either. That's, you know? that's so, right. Both of those things.
0: And we're not making those five billion dollar mistakes today. So this was. I um, wish
1: I wish I had that kind of money. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, hey, that I mean, that spent, does motivate you. That kind of,
1: <laughs> yeah, I spent that kind of money, you know, in my career, but it, it's not my I wish I had that kind of money. Cause imagine what the good you could do with that.
0: Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Imagine amazing. the good you could
1: do. The churches you could fund, the 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 schools that you could help with that yes. kind of money. Yes. That'd be awesome.
0: Love listening to your values. Okay, and this is where we're gonna end the episode on this last question. We help passionate entrepreneurs reach their one year goal and do it in ninety days. When you hear that, what would be your form of reaching a goal and doing it in 90 days. What's your best advice for that?
1: You got 90 days. You, you can only do so many things. You can't do them all. Which are the most important ones that you have to do? And, it, and by the way, it's probably going to be more than five or six. That's it. You know, I used to have a rule inside at Kodak, Eastman Kodak, when people used to come and pitch me, they'd bring me 48 page PowerPoint decks. Oh my God, they'd just kill me. They'd just bore the hell out of me. And I finally said, nope, Moses rule. And they went, what's that? I said, if Moses can present two PowerPoint slides of five bullet points each, you can do the same thing. (laughs) And so that's what I used to make everybody pitch it in in two slides of five bullet points each, no more than seven words per line. And if you couldn't sell me the idea of of whatever you were selling in those two slides, then you really didn't have it down.
0: Love it! What great advice, and I think you're absolutely right. Cut the crap and just get straight to the point. Let's do it and ask. Amen. Ask for the sale, right? Let's. let's Amen,
1: go. sister. Amen. <laughs> Not just ask for the sale. Help me implement it and deliver it. That's <laughs> even better.
0: There you go. All right. So um, thanks again for joining us, Jeffrey. This was an absolute delight. And um, we look forward to keeping the conversation going and putting it in the show notes where we're going to engage with you, purchase your books and find our way to connect. So thank you so much. Have an awesome rest of your day. And thank you for being with us. Thank you.